The Boston Bruins and the Washington Capitals open up their 2022-23 regular season schedules tonight in Washington. And it's a special Locked On crossover edition with myself, Ian McLaren, host of Locked On Boston Bruins, and Dan Homie, uh, the host of Locked On Washington Capitals, as we break down everything you need to know about both teams heading into puck drop tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. How's it going, Dan? Nice to uh, nice to chat with you this morning. It's great. It's game day. It's game one of the season. What's not to love? Hockey is here and all is right in the world. Exactly. Yeah, there was a couple uh, pretty entertaining games last night, the kind of unofficial start to the season after a couple games over in Europe over the weekend. Uh, yeah, Rangers... Golden Knights both winning last night. They both looked pretty good, and, and we'll both get a look at our respective teams uh, here this evening. Now, I wanted to ask you about a couple of key injuries for the Capitals to start the season. The Bruins, there's been a lot talked about Charlie McAvoy being out of the lineup, Brad Marchand being out of the lineup to begin the season. Um, but the Capitals will be missing a couple of key guys as well in uh, Nicholas Backstrom, uh, who, if I recall, was out of the lineup to begin last season as well, uh, and also Tom Wilson. Um, what are the, what's the significance of those two injuries, and what kind of contingencies do the Capitals have in place to um, kind of not replace them because you, you can't really replace those two guys, but to kind of uh, keep things afloat in their absence. So, I mean, the biggest one I would say is Nick Backstrom. Nick Backstrom had that hip resurfacing procedure done. Uh, He is supposed to miss a lion's share of this season, if not all of this season. So the Caps and Brian McClellan went out and picked up Dylan Strom to fill Mm -hmm. in on that second line center. Um, And so far, so good with him. But, um, you know, the big thing with Nick Backstrom is he plays such an integral part of this team. Backstrom has assisted on 274 of Ovechkin's career goals. So, you know, oftentimes those two don't play together anymore. It's Kuzi on that top line, but you Mm got to think to a certain extent that Alex Ovechkin is going to be a little bummed, shall we say, that his right-hand man isn't there. And then the other big one is Tom Wilson. You know, I know around the league he's seen as kind of a goon, but he's also a legitimate goal scorer, 20-plus goals last season. Uh, They went out and picked up Connor Brown from the Ottawa Senators. Not an apples for apples comparison because Connor Brown doesn't have that big bulking frame and uh, that intimidation factor. But Connor Brown um, is good on the penalty kill, and we're already starting to see good chemistry between Dylan Strom and Connor mm. Brown. Yeah, very cool. I, I was pretty high on Dylan Strom last season, wanting the Bruins to kind of uh, make a trade for him or even sign him in free agency. I thought that was a, a pretty savvy pickup for the Capitals. Um, I have him on a fantasy league keeper team as an aside so i'm hoping that he gets off to a pretty uh hot start for the capitals as well um last year for the bruins we had a new goalie in linus allmark uh coming over from buffalo uh, new city new system a new coach new teammates everything and it took him a little bit of time to kind of get acclimated to to everything um the capitals Moving on from Ilya Samsonov and Vitek Vanacek, uh, going with Stanley Cup champion Darcy Kemper, uh, who will be the starter 
mostly, I would assume. Uh, I wouldn't expect it would be a, a split with, with Charlie Lindgren, I believe, is the, is the backup. Uh, do you see or anticipate a bit of a, a rolling start, perhaps, for Kemper as he comes off the high of winning the Cup and adjusts to a, a new situation in Washington? Yeah, I mean, so with Darcy Kemper, he's never really carried the bulk of the mail for any of the teams that he's mm-hmm. been on. Uh, Kemper stopped 36 of 39 against Columbus in the preseason. And then we all know about last season in 57 uh, games, he went 37-12-4 and four with a .921 save percentage. And mm-hmm. then uh, did really great uh, in the Stanley Cup, of course. But, you know, everyone says, well, can they get that same thing out of him on this Capitals team? Because we all know that he had the avalanche in front of him. But Darcy Darcy Kemper, so far, what I've noticed, he is as advertised. Uh, he has played well. He is a bit prone to the injury bug, um, I guess, would be one of my causes of concern. His uh, lingering lower body issues have impacted his play uh, last season in, in 50 games. Uh, he's missed 50 games uh, in the last two seasons. So, you know, it does seem like it was a good move to pick up someone like Charlie Lindgren, someone that, you know, if called upon, can step in and do play a bigger role. You know, and he's a bit of an unproven commodity because uh, he has played primarily in the AHL. Um, and he has done good in the AHL, but uh, he might get thrust into more duty this year as, you know, Kemper isn't used to playing uh, as much as I think the Capitals would like to see him play. Right. Uh, I'm wondering, too, about kind of maybe some players that have impressed in training camp or some guys that might be flying a bit under the radar in Washington that Bruins fans should keep an eye on tonight or who could uh, step up and help uh you know keep this team uh in a playoff spot in the top four in the in the metropolitan division any kind of breakout guys or or guys we should keep an eye on tonight so a guy that came into camp on a mission is alexi protus Um, Mm. he kind of came in and he was hungry to play on this team he had a brief stint last season but he came in and has been playing very well he's played in all the preseason games and you know the good thing about these young players is they're more of like what i would call a swiss army knife you can kind of put them in wherever and they don't really complain about it Uh, protus has played in all three forward spots left wing center uh, and right wing and you know when he's out there, he he is a big bulking frame. He is six foot six, two hundred and thirty five pounds, uh, twenty one years old. Played thirty three games up with a big club last year, and uh, just really kind of stood out, I would say, in training camp. And that is why he is still on the team now. There's a lot of guys, young guys, vying for positions on this team, and he was one of them, along with Joe Snively. Uh, he made the team mm-hmm. as well. So. It's going to be interesting to see uh, how it all shakes out, but uh, Protus and Snively would be the the big ones to look out for, along with you know more familiar names like uh, Strom and Connor Brown. But you know, you take a look at the team; it's an aging roster, a bit like the Bruins, you know, and the Penguins, you know, kind mm-hmm. of, you know, uh, reluctant to make these big changes. Uh, but you know, I think that uh, this is what we're going to go with through the Ovechkin era, and then I st- think after that, you'll start to see more changes, integration of uh, younger players into the lineup. Right. And that leads well into my final question for you, which would be, yeah, do you see a risk of Washington falling out of the top four in the Metro, maybe falling out of the playoff picture with, say, the New Jersey Devils or the, I don't know, the Blue Jackets are quite at that level. Maybe the Islanders having a bit of a resurgence. Or do you think the Capitals still uh, firmly entrenched as, as a playoff team in the, in the Eastern Conference? 
So if you listen to the talking heads on the NHL network or, you know, you listen to NHL network radio on Sirius XM, they've kind of slated them as a bubble team at best. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about that most likely because of the Backstrom and Wilson thing. But for me, they went out and solidified those positions with Stroman Brown. And then, of course, the net minding situation. I would like them to uh, to win, you know, how, whatever it takes. Um, they may be a bubble team, but I like to think they'll place a little bit higher. Everyone's thinking it's going to be Carolina or New York, mm-hmm. uh, but I think that this Capitals team will fight for them. My ultimate goal for them, of course, is a Stanley Cup. But if they cannot achieve that, I would like them to make it past the first round. Mm-hmm. They've been snake bitten <laughs> since 2018. So just to have that would be a nice a nice thing for me just to finally yeah. get over that hump. I feel that. All right, so after the break, I will talk to Ian about my questions for the Bruins. But first, the numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. You don't earn that trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Here's why I love it. I had an issue where someone broke into my house and they dispatched the police and eliminated the situation. With 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alerts you when a threat is real and even hazards that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. Save 20% off your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash and locked on NHL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, in this next segment, I am going to talk about the Bruins and what my questions are. There are quite a bit of questions. You, We talked about it a bit in the first segment there. How is this Bruins team going to do with uh, out missing some integral players on the team? Uh, when the season begins, the Bruins will be without three key players, Brad Marchand, defenseman Charlie McAvoy, and Matt Greslick. Talk to me mm-hmm. about those injuries, two huge players that everyone, you know, everyone around the NHL, if you follow it, have heard those names. They're marquee names. Talk to me a little bit about the impact of those players on the Bruins and what it means in their absence. I mean, yeah, you can't uh, understate the value of a Brad Marchand and a Charlie McAvoy to to the Boston Bruins. They're arguably top five, at least top ten, at their respective positions around the NHL. Uh, So the Bruins definitely going to be hard-pressed to excel uh, without them for the first six, seven weeks of the season. They're both expected to be back uh, around Thanksgiving or or the beginning of December. Now, the Bruins were able to still uh, solidify the top six in Marchand's absence by uh, having David Krejci return and also acquiring uh, Pavel Zaka from the New Jersey Devils. So even without Marchand, the top six still looks pretty good with uh, Zaka playing with uh, his fellow countrymen in, in Krejci and 
um, David Pasternak, and then it looks like Taylor Hall will start the season on the top line with Patrice Bergeron and Jake DeBrusque. So still a pretty decent top six without Brad Marchand, and his return will just uh, help the depth uh, of this team and solidify the third line with bumping a guy down. On defense, it's a bit murkier for sure. The Bruins were pretty short on depth on the right side as it was having a left-hand shot playing over there. Uh, it was McAvoy logging heavy minutes and then Brandon Carlo, Connor Clifton behind him. Now they did add Anton Strollman uh, to training camp on a PTO. He has officially signed a, a one-year contract with the Bruins. He's a bit advanced in age. Uh, he logged heavy minutes for the Arizona Coyotes last season, which is no easy task uh, seeing how low they were in the standings. So I think there's still a bit left in the tank there. He'll, you know, he's not going to replace Charlie McAvoy by any stretch of the imagination, but he can probably play some solid minutes alongside fellow Swede Hampus Lindholm, uh, just be solid in his own end, get the puck out. That's all he's going to be asked to do. So like I said, it's going to be tough without those two guys, but there are contingencies in place to kind of keep them afloat, at least in their absences. All right. So the other question I have is, will Pavel Zaka be more productive uh, than he was in New Jersey? Uh, talk to me a little bit about uh, Pavel and your thoughts on him. I think he's well positioned to improve on his production from the Devils last season. He didn't look as great a year ago in the, or sorry, a couple of years ago in the in the COVID shortened year. I think it was his best uh, kind of point per game rate. Um, and I think the fact that he's playing on a one year deal with the Bruins, the fact that he's going to start at least with David Krejci and David Pasternak, that line played one game together in the preseason and looked uh, fairly dynamic against uh, the New York Rangers. So I think alongside those guys that he's familiar with from, um, yeah, just uh, growing up in Czechia, he played with uh, David Pasternak in the past at the, at the junior international level. Uh, he had already been working out in Boston in the off seasons over the past couple of years. So he knew some other guys like Charlie Coyle. He had a place in Boston. So I think it's a, a pretty good fit for him. Uh, I'm not expecting him to be like a point per game guy or anything like that, but it would be nice for him to, yeah, contribute maybe, you know, maybe a 2020 season, 2025, uh, 20 goals, 25 assists, meaning, um, again, he'll probably have a, a bit of a lesser role when Marchand comes back playing on the, on the third line, presumably, but I think, there's a reason he was drafted so highly in 2015, the infamous 2015 draft. And um, he seems to have fit in well so far with uh, with the Bruins. New head coach Jim Montgomery seems to be a fan. And uh, that check line, I think, will be uh, one to watch here in the early going for, for the Boston Bruins. 
All right, so next, uh, Nick, let's talk about the Achilles heel of the Boston Bruins, what that may be. For the Capitals last season, it was netminding. What do you perceive the Boston Bruins Achilles heel is heading into this season? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I think they do have a solid goaltending tandem. Obviously, there's some questions on the blue line without Charlie McAvoy in the mix. I think it's really going to come down to their bottom six. And there's been a lot of talk in Boston through training camp, through the preseason, about whether they were going to go in a young direction with the bottom six, whether they were going to rely on some veteran guys like Nick Foligno, uh, Chris Wagner, who both played okay in the preseason. Um, as it looks right now, they're going to have a, a fourth line that consists of Nick Foligno, Thomas Nosek, and a youngster in Jacob Lauko. And, uh, you know, rolling with Charlie Coyle, Craig Smith, and a newcomer in A.J. Greer in on the third line. So there's a bit of youth sprinkled in there. But if they can't get consistent production or efficient minutes from those more veteran bottom six guys that are chewing up a significant portion of the, the cap then the Bruins will will be in tough. I think their top six, especially when healthy, can stack up among some of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. But if they're just getting run ragged by deploying those uh, third and fourth lines, then that could really uh, come back to to bite them. And um, the goaltending is going to be have, have to be really solid in the early going without having Charlie McAvoy as a buffer to... Chew, uh, chew big minutes in front of them. So the other big move that was made is moving on from head coach Cassidy for Montgomery. Mm-hmm. As an outsider, of course, I don't cover this team like you do. A bit of a head scratcher for me. I thought Cassidy did a good job. I think, you know, he'll do the best with what he has out in Vegas. Do you? How much better is this Bruins team with Montgomery, or do you think they're better with Montgomery, or would they have been better with Cassidy? Fill us in, our Capitals listeners, on the coaching thing. Why do you think that went the way it went? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to say if they're going to be a better team under Jim Montgomery. It's a pretty tough task to improve on Bruce Cassidy's regular season performance, at least, with the Boston Bruins. They were excellent at both ends of the ice, he had a very effective uh, defensive system. There were some quibbles, perhaps, with with how the offense ran. Uh, and the biggest issue was, apparently, how he related to some of the younger guys. Um, he's already, you know, there's a reason why he was picked up nine, ten days later by Vegas after being let go from the Bruins. He's, a, he's an excellent coach. Jim Montgomery... He was pretty highly regarded when he went to Dallas. We all know the story of of how he was let go. He really was very effective with the St. Louis Blues the last couple of years, especially kind of revamping their penalty kill. And he seems to be off to a, a pretty good start in terms of galvanizing the group, getting on the right page with some of the perhaps disillusioned younger guys and embracing the leadership core that the Bruins have. So I think... It's going to be tough to expect that he'll, you know, Bruce Cassidy won a a Jack Adams with the Bruins. Um, Can Montgomery achieve that in his tenure? That remains to be seen. 
Um, so that's, yeah, that's a huge question that I have myself heading into the season is how they're going to, to perform and, and what the Montgomery uh, factor is going to be for this team. All right, one final question of this segment. Uh, this game will be on TNT tonight, stateside. I want your predictions on the game. Of course, you cover the Bruins, so I think I know which way this is going. But let me hear your outcome, or what do you think are your predictions, rather, of tonight's game? What uh, storylines are you looking for? I mean, with no Marchand and no Wilson, I think it there's a, there's been a bit of history between these two teams of some, some rough play. We all remember the Tom Wilson hit on Brandon Carlo a couple years ago. So perhaps... Not as much bad blood in the water as there might have been if those two guys were in there. I think we're going to see um, a pretty entertaining game. There's going to be a lot of, you know, opening night. There's a lot of feeling out to begin, and then guys kind of settle in. Uh, these two teams always seem to play close games. It's probably going to be a one-goal game. Uh, I'm going to err on the side of Boston and say they're going to take it uh, 3-2 tonight over the Capitals with uh, Jeremy Swayman, who I presume will be a net, ha stepping up and having a pretty strong game. What about All yourself? Right. How, do you, how do you see this one playing out? Well, for me, I think, you know, I think the storylines out there too, like you were talking about Wilson uh, being out. I think that, uh, you know, it's going to factor who is going to be the sandpaper personality or the enforcer on the Capitals. Uh, I guess mm -hmm. it remains to be seen if Protus, we know that Hathaway's a bit of a chirper, so maybe he will step in in his absence. But I do think the Capitals will win this game, of course. <laughs> but uh, I guess uh, we will see what happens a bit later tonight. All right, so after the break here, we will talk about our our thoughts on what we think is going to happen. And uh, as far as how many points, we'll talk about the point predictions for both of our teams. Do we think it's a little bit over or under what they're supposed to be? We'll talk about that next. All right, welcome back into this crossover edition of Locked On Bruins and Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. So in this segment, we are going to talk about, I'll ask you first about the Bruins, uh, the points over and under. So, you know, odds makers are already out there predicting where our respective teams are going to be. The Bruins, uh, the prediction for them, are they over or under the points that uh, they're projecting them to be? Yeah, I believe the last time I looked at I think it was 96.5 for the Bruins. That would be uh, no double-digit dip from last season. And I think there's reason to believe that they will be a bit down from last season because of the injuries. It's kind of going to be a tale of two seasons for the Bruins. There's going to be the Bruins without Marchand and McAvoy and the Bruins once they return. I think when they re once they return, they should be a better team than last season, at least on paper. But this early stages will could be a struggle to, to gain as many points as possible. So I think they could still challenge for, for a 100-point season, especially in today's kind of three-point uh, game system where you pick up the loser point. Um so I'm going to I'm going to go up the over for them on 96.5 but um I don't think it'll be will be much over than that and um you know the whether they can pick up some points early in the season will dictate kind of uh where they're able to to rise to in the final standings. 
So yeah, and then for the Capitals, for me, I know they've kind of pegged them a little bit lower this year, and they've done that in part because of the subtraction of Backstrom and Wilson from the lineup, and it's an aging core. We've heard all these things before, but I ultimately think they will overachieve. Uh, GM Brian McClellan went out and solidified the biggest positions, netminding, and you know the the uh, position with Backstrom and Wilson. So I think they're in a good posi- uh, position. They had a hundred points last season. I I do think that they should be on par for that, if not a little bit better than that. That's what I'm hoping for anyway. You know, tonight's going to be a good trial for both our teams. We saw what they had in the tank in preseason, and you can only judge that so much because, you know, especially in the beginning stages, you're just dealing with AHLers essentially. So the rubber meets the road as the Capitals take on the Bruins tonight. I'm going to ask you a question here. My final question for you is I want you to look into your crystal ball here, Ian, And what is the future of the Boston Bruins? Where will they finish? And what are going to be some of the game changers that's either going to take them up or down? I know this is a prediction, but that's why I'm asking you your prediction for this year. Yeah, I mean, again, it's so tough because of the how difficult the Atlantic division is. There was a real gap in the top four and the bottom four last season. I think that will be uh, narrowed by these early season injuries for the Bruins and some improvements from the the Senators and, and the Detroit Red Wings. Ultimately, they probably will finish in a wild card spot, fourth in the uh, Atlantic. And then, it, like you were saying about the Capitals, just wanting them to win a round, that's going to be tough for the Bruins if, if they have to play a, a Florida or a Toronto or even Tampa Bay. They were well positioned last year, I think, by being uh, – matched up with Carolina in the first round and getting into that metropolitan bracket. If they could perhaps do that again, that would be uh, beneficial to them. Um, With Bergeron and Krejci, it's kind of a a last dance situation. Uh, You want to think that they have the wherewithal to make a deep run, but we all know once you get to the, the postseason, really anything can happen, and it's it's incredibly difficult to win the Stanley Cup in this uh, in this day and age. So, you know, I could see them winning a round, maybe making it to the second round, um, but I don't know if this team is a Stanley Cup team at, at this point again this season. I'd like to hope so. It would be a great story, um, but um, it might be a, a pretty tough task in a, in a pretty talented uh, Eastern Conference for sure. And, you know, it does look like a pretty good Bruins team on paper. I know they have injuries, but that's a pretty common thread uh, mm-hmm. throughout all the teams in the NHL. My big thing for the Capitals is, like I said, to make it past that first round if they can do that. Some yeah. of the big things to consider is if, in fact, they are going to get Backstrom back at some point this year. Right. And if he does come back, they, they're going to have to free up some money because of the long-term injured reserve money there. Um, also, the impact of Tom Wilson coming back to this team slated between uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas, the impact there. Um, so it's just going to be uh, interesting, those things. And, of course, you know, there's the, the dreaded C word that I hate to bring up, COVID. I know mm. that it's waning right now, but, you know, you never know what happens yeah. as we head into the fall or the winter. For you know, sure. my fingers are crossed that everything goes fine. You know, the one refreshing thing for me 
watching hockey is that it's full capacity. Everyone mm-hmm. can go and, and things are back to normal for right now. So let's really hope this season that it, uh, you know, it stays that way and that the, you know, the, the key players stay healthy for me, it's, you know, Ovechkin staying in there so he can chase down yeah. Gordon Howe and Wayne Gretzky, but uh, for sure. So Ian, thanks uh, so much uh, for joining mm-hmm. us on this crossover edition of locked on Bruins and locked on capitals. Yeah. Thanks Dan. It's uh, it's been fun. Uh, hopefully we can connect uh, at some point uh, through the season. Uh, where can people find your capitals coverage? Where can people find uh Locked on Capitals this season. So you can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. Of course, you can find the show wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Yeah, and same with uh, Locked on Bruins. You can find it on uh, Twitter, Instagram at LockedNHLBruins. And yeah, search up your podcast feeds for Locked on Bruins, Locked on Capitals, and we both recommend uh, checking out the Locked On NHL podcast as well next, where you get a daily 30-minute update from our team of local experts on all things NHL all season long. All right, Dan, thanks again for uh, for taking some time to chat, and uh, it's going to be a fun game tonight for sure. And uh, good luck on a, on a new season. Yeah, good luck to you except for tonight, of course. But uh, <laughs> thanks for doing this crossover. No problem. Thank you. And uh, take care, everybody. Have a great day. And uh, Dan and I will talk to you again tomorrow on both Locked On Boston Bruins and Locked On Washington Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day.